Brother Bell tonight, Sister Bell, Lord God, that you would continue to touch, that you would continue to reach down with the tender hand of mercy, O God, and restore that which the enemy has tried to destroy in your servant's life. I pray, God, that you reach upon him mightily, Lord, tonight, and let your touch flow. Oh, God, I pray for Naomi tonight, Lord, that you would reach down upon Naomi, that you would let complete wholeness flow to her, Lord God, right now, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, that you just continue to touch, Lord. Brother John Grant tonight, touch him in his body tonight, Lord, from the top of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord. Sister Luann Sindler, Lord God, tonight, I'm asking you, Lord, that you would touch, Lord God, and Sister Luann and John tonight, Lord God, Sindler, that you would move upon, Lord God, and let wholeness flow, Lord. I pray, God, for Sister Malia Pace, God, you, we need a miraculous miracle in these needs tonight, Lord, and I know, God, there's nothing impossible for you. God, that your perfect will be done in every life, in every home, in every situation tonight. I pray for Janice, Lord God, and Neil, Lord, that you would touch them, that you would continue to comfort them in the time of bereavement, oh God. I pray for Tammy Schroeder right now, God, that you would continue to heal her from the top of her head to the sole of her feet, that you would touch Chris's heart and his mind, Lord God, in these trials. Be with Ava, Lord God, I pray, touch over fresh and anew tonight. Only you can make a difference, Lord, and I thank you, God, at night. I pray, God, for Brother Wayne's request, Lord Jesus, for Miriam, Lord God, right now, for her friend, oh God, that you would touch, Lord, right now, let wholeness flow. I pray for Brother Richard, Lord God, tonight in his body for healing, Lord God, and strength. I pray, God, for his son, Tim, and Josh, and their families to be returned to you, Lord. I pray again tonight, Lord, for those victims, Lord, and families in Ecuador, inside of Japan tonight, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that your comfort and peace would be with them, Lord. I pray, God, tonight in Houston, Lord God, that your merciful kindness would be upon the Houston community tonight, Lord. Continue, Lord God, I pray, to lift up, O oh God. Let the waters quickly recede out of the city, God. I'm asking you, Lord God, to push it back, Lord. Push it back, O oh God, I pray. Immediately, Lord, in Louisiana, all across the coastline. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, let it all recede quickly, Lord God. Only you can make a difference, God. I know there's nothing impossible, Lord, for you. Help us tonight, Lord God. Show yourself strong, oh, God, in every situation, Lord God. You were wounded for our transgressions, God. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon you, Lord. With your stripes, God, we claim complete wholeness in the body of Christ tonight. For there is nothing impossible, God, that you cannot do. Touch Sister Bob Winland tonight in her body, oh God, tonight. Let wholeness flow, God, I pray, Lord. Let your perfect will be done in every life tonight, Lord. Make a way, God, where there seems to be no way. Strengthen, Lord God, and provide, Lord, and direct in every situation, God. For you are great and greatly to be praised. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place tonight, Lord Jesus. Well, I thank you, Lord Jesus, again tonight. Lord, move across this community of lacrosse. 
I pray, Lord, that you move upon every life, Lord God, every home and every situation. You know all things, God. There's nothing impossible. Go into the hospitals. Go into the nursing homes, oh God. The assistant living wards are lift up tonight, Lord. Lift up tonight. Root out every unclean spirit, oh God. Every spirit of fear, every spirit of panic, uh, every spirit of torment, oh God. I pray. I bind it in the name of Jesus and send it to the pits of hell right now, God. Every spirit of witchcraft tonight, Lord God. Every spirit, oh God, of the Jezebel spirit, oh God. I bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus tonight, Lord God, and send it back to the pits, oh God. Let your will be done. Every spirit of rebellion, oh God. Every spirit of sassiness, oh God, and rudeness, oh God. Oh God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would touch, Lord, right now in this place, Lord, in this city, oh God. I pray for our policemen tonight, Lord, that's on duty, that you keep your hand upon them, Lord God, our first responders tonight, Lord, that you will protect them, Lord God, keep your hand upon them, Lord, only you can make a difference, Lord, I pray for holiness upon my wife tonight, Lord, let your spirit and power touch, Lord, right now upon her body, oh God, let holiness flow, God, let strength prevail, Lord God, let healing be upon her right now, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for every saint of God in this place tonight. You know every situation we face, Lord. You know what every one of us is up against, Lord God. You know every pain, oh God, every joint that's out of place. And I know there's nothing impossible for you tonight, God. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ right now in this place tonight, God, that wholeness would flow, that strength would prevail, peace, the passive understanding would be given, oh God. Wholeness and healing, God, and every joint and every infirmity oh God I know there's nothing impossible Lord for you to do you are God and you are God alone and I thank you Jesus again tonight Lord I thank you Jesus I give thanks oh God right now you are God and you are God alone Jesus I thank you Lord I thank you again tonight Lord I will bless the Lord and, and I will ever proclaim the goodness of God and the mercies of God and your truth oh God and to all generations Lord, move upon the hearts of the backsliders tonight. Uh, draw them back to you, oh God, I pray tonight. Strengthen in the inner man, oh God, tonight, Lord Jesus. Uh, we need you, God. We need you. We need you, Jesus. Uh, thou art worthy, oh God. Uh, we bind every spirit, oh God. Oh God, it's not like you tonight. Uh, help us, oh God. Help us, oh God. We call to you, Lord. You tell us, God, to call upon you in the times of trouble uh, and that you would hear us oh God and deliver us uh, we're calling tonight Lord while on others God are calling Lord do not pass us by tonight uh, we need you Jesus uh, come by here tonight Lord uh, someone is crying for you God come by here somebody needs a touch tonight God come by here Lord somebody need deliverance uh, come by here tonight Lord someone need refreshing in spirit and power come by here God uh, come by here Lord tonight uh, someone has decisions that need to be made uh, come by here tonight Lord we thank you Jesus we thank you Jesus you are Lord you are God and God alone you are my strength and my shield my buckler my tower oh God you are God and you are God alone and I will praise you forevermore. 
I will praise you, O oh Lord, my God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. I praise you, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, God, I worship you, Lord. I worship you. You are everything to me, and you're so much more. Touch Brother Denny Thomas tonight, Lord. Touch his body, oh, God. Let wholeness flow. Let healing prevail, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table and a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me me stand by faith on heaven's table and a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I onward bow, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground, Lord, lift me up, Lord, lift me up, and let me stand by faith on heaven's table a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these are bound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table and higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to live above the world. Satan's darts at me or her. For faith has called the joyful sound, the sounds of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up 
and let me stand by faith on heaven's table and higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost high and catch a gleam of glory bright. Still I'll pray till heaven I found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up. And let me stand by faith on heaven's table and a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I want to be on higher ground tonight. Oh, God, I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Thou art worthy, oh, God. Thou art worthy, oh, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Lord, lift us up tonight. Put us on higher ground, oh, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. And the children are dismissed. Amen. We want to get right into our lesson tonight. Selling lessons, $5 a piece. Um, good for us. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, sis. Hello, Brittany. How you doing, sis? Good to have you. School going good. Almost ready to get out. Thank you. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. Did I give you one? I'll sell it to you. Amen. Well, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. God is good. We want to get right into our lesson tonight. Amen. We're coming from 2 Corinthians 5 3. We're talking about Christian soldiers. Uh, and dress and appearance. Amen. Let's go. Push me down there a little bit on that one. Amen. All right. So we're talking about Christian soldiers. Amen. We may never march in the infantry. Right. All right, we're in the Lord's Army. <laughs> Amen. So our theme this year is we're talking about Christian soldiers in action. And so last week we was talking about dress uh, and appearance here. And we were saying from 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says, If so be that we be clothed, we should not be found naked. And as you're opening there, talks about one of the things about soldiers in every country is their uniform. It sets them apart from the rest of the citizens in that country. They are recognized as their country defenders. Amen. Catch that because you are the church's defenders. Amen. The church is a uniform service with discipline is judged in part by the manner in which a Christian soldier wear their entire 
and as well as by their individual personal experience. Therefore, a neat and well-grown appearance by all Christian soldiers is fundamental to the church and, con and contributes to, the, to building morale, uniformity, and esprit, especially in its effectiveness. Amen. A vital ingredient of the church strength and effectiveness is the modest and self-discipline that Christian soldiers bring to their service. And so we can see that we're talking about discipline, discipline, self-discipline, self-discipline. That means you have to discipline yourself, prompt obedience to orders, amen, disciplining yourself, learning how to do what is right at all times and all cases, amen. So we want to discipline ourselves. If I were to ask you today, what's in your mortar, what are you going to tell me? <laughs> you got the right stuff in the mortar? Amen. If you wasn't here Sunday, then you missed the message because it was about what was in your mortar. Amen. So you want to make sure you got the right ingredients here. Amen. So now looking at your lesson there, amen, last week uh, we I was talking there, you see in your quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, it says, it is only when the mind and character slumber that the dress can be seen. In other words, when you allow your minds, your thinking, your character to slip, then it's going to start showing on the outward. Amen. It's, it's what he's saying here. So you can learn a lot about people by the way they dress and the way they conduct themselves. You know, Abraham Lincoln says that character is like a tree and your reputation is like the shadow. In other words, the shadow is what you think of it, but the tree is the real thing. See? So, so your character is very important. Your reputation is very important. What does people think about you? Now, we saw also last week with Solomon writing to the church uh, as well in Proverbs 24, verse 30 through 34. If you have your Bibles or either she might put it up there. Solomon says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the man, uh, the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and needles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall there was broken down. Then I saw and I considered it well. I looked upon it, received instructions, just a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. So it doesn't take a whole lot if you're lazy, if you're slothful for it to decay. The house breaks through and decay if you don't fix things. You know, this is why the scriptures is constantly using things that you do on a day-to-day -day basics to try to get you to see who you are in Christ. It tells you and I that we're the temple of God. And so therefore, we are the priests of this temple, and we are responsible for taking care of this temple. Amen. So how we treat it is going to determine how it's revealed. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So you need to, amen, represent him in everything that you do. Amen. It's all about Christ and what he does in you and through you. Amen. Holiness, as I told you, is not what you wear. It's who you are, and who you are is what you wear. If I'm a holy child of God, then I need to reflect him in my attire and what 
I wear. Amen. Don't ever think that laziness does not affect who you are as a Christian soldier. Laziness will affect you. It would affect how you look. It affect how you conduct yourself, how you act, how you treat other people, how you live in your own homes and castle. Laziness will reveal itself. Harry Ward Beecher puts it this way. How things look on the outside of us depend on how things are in the inside of us. So what's in your mortar? <laughs> you know, what's on the inside? You know, you can camouflage this thing all you want, but pretty soon what's inside is coming out. Amen. It's, it's going to be pushed to the forefront. You know, this is one of the reasons Jesus knows everything about us, and that's why he says, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and locally in heart, you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through thirty. See, so you can see that God understands us. He knows what's on the inside, and so therefore He wants to fix us. He wants us to have everything that we need to be successful in life. Amen. Our, you know, if if God wants us to be in His example and he relates us to a candlestick, amen, then we need to shine. Amen. How we live, how we conduct ourselves, our character, everything about us should be shining bright. Amen. We got to have a solid prayer life to where we are strengthened in Christ over and anew. You know, we, we got to stay focused. Okay, we got to stay focused because if we're not focused on where we're going and what God is asking us to do and the purpose that he's called us to do, then we, everything is going to be blurred. It'll be indistinct. It won't be sharp. Amen. You can't see where you're going. See, if you know the purpose of what God is doing for your life, you're more able to accomplish a whole lot more. Amen. So you got to know the purpose, and this way you got to spend time with God. God, what will you have me to do? You remember what Paul asked the Lord when, as soon as the Lord knocked him off his horse and blinded him, he says, "Who art thou, Lord?" And he says, "I'm Jesus, whom you crucified." He says, "Lord, what will you have me to do?" And the Lord says, "You know, go to the street straight, and a man named Ananias is going to come, and he's going to tell you what you need to do." Well, now we need to just get into the Word of God. This is what James is trying to tell us when he tells us in James 1, to don't just be a hearer of the Word, but be a doer of God's Word. Amen. Because God don't want us to be lazy. And so Beecher is saying how things look on the outside is a good indication of what's on the inside. Amen. Of us. And so we want to make sure that we are Christians are not slothful. We're not lazy. Amen. And when you go to work, if you have a secular employment job, when you go to work, you should be the best at that job you can be. You should be getting accolades and praise, you know, for, for a good job that you are doing. Amen. You know, you wouldn't want somebody to walk on your job and says, man, that's the laziest employee I, you know, I've heard people say, you know, on jobs, man, I wish I could fire that person. You know? Because they're lazy. 
I know, I know, I know. So, so, but, but that should not be you as a Christian. There should be no slumbering. There should be no laziness that, you know, in you. Amen. So what's out is soon going to come in, is going to soon come to the front. So this is why you need to have a solid prayer life and say, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Then when I teach transgressors the way and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Amen. So we, we, we don't want to be slothful. Amen. We want to represent Christ and our attitudes and our discipline. Discipline. Self-discipline. Amen. You know, part of self-discipline is, is doing the right thing when no one is watching. That's all it is. You know, whether in your home, outside of your home. You know, that, that's self-discipline. You know, you can't do one thing inside this wall and then go to that wall and do another. That makes you a hypocrite. See? You want to be the real deal. <laughs> I think somebody said something about that Sunday, didn't <laughs> We want to be the real deal, you know? Amen. What I see in here should be what I see out there. And if I came to your house, I should see the same thing. Amen. Huh? You see? You know, sometimes people say, oh, I'm not going to invite you to my house. Your standards is too high. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> my standards is low compared to Jesus. <laughs> He's got the high standard. <laughs> praise God. I'm just following after him. You know? So, praise God. Amen. So, moving right along. Amen. So, but the key here, Paul says, if we would be found clothed, then we're not going to be found naked. And that not only pertains to these garments here. If we're clothed in his righteousness, if we're clothed in his purity and in his holiness, we're not going to be found naked. Amen. We will be clothed. We will have all the armor of God. This is what Paul tells us. He says, put on the whole armor of God. So that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, when we're girded with truth, when we have on the breastplate of righteousness, our feet is shod with the gospel, the preparation of the peace. And above all, we take the shield of faith. And we have the heaven of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, will be clothed. Amen. And this is what God desires. He wants us to be covered with his word. Amen. He wants us to be surrounded. If I'm going to, if, if, if Psalms 91 tells me that he will cover me with his feathers, amen, then I want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I want to be clothed. I, wanna, I want to, to represent him. And all. I, I want the world to be able to see that Christ is in me, the hope of glory. You know, I don't, I don't want to try to blend in. You know, we was my wife and I was doing our our devotions the other morning, and and the thing was talking about a camellia. Everybody know what a chameleon is, right? The little lizard that he changes color in his environment. You know, it was kind of unique. 
to, so I went out online and I started looking at it. So if he's in an all brown area, his, his pigment changed to brown. You know, if he's in a green area, his pigment automatically changed to green. He blends in, you know, with his surrounding. You know, but I don't want you to be chameleon Christians. <laughs> you know, I don't want that. We don't want that. God doesn't want that. That's why he told you, you are a city. You are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. He don't want you to blend in. He wants you to stand out like a sore thumb. He wants people to see you for who you are because he knows if you follow his word and do what he's telling you, you're going to be clothed with righteousness. You're going to be clothed in holiness. You're going to be in beauty, amen, just like the temple was when Solomon built it, amen, the beauty of this thing. So this is why he's calling you because as his child, you are beautiful. Don't let the world try to paint you to tell you that you're not beautiful. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Don't rush to the world to try to get the world to make you beautiful. Don't allow the world to try to tell you that if you put a little bit of this on and a little bit of that on and a little color here and a little color here, you're going to be much beautiful. You're not. Amen. You're not. I'm here to tell you. Let God beautify you. Let God clothe you. Let God fix you. Amen. And you will see. Because if you allow the world to try to, to fix you, to, your beauty, you're going to try to please the world. You're going to try to please people. And the Bible says you cannot please God and mammon. Amen. So you can't have two masters. Because Jesus said you either love the one and hate the other, are you going to despise the one and hold on to the other? You cannot please, you know, serve both God and mammon. I, I, I've told this story before. I can, when we were missionaries uh, and we was on deputation and we, we, I took my wife. We was in California and there in San Diego and my wife, you know, and her sister, you know, my wife was getting ready to fly back to Japan uh, so I took her to San Diego there to catch the flight out so she could go back to Japan while I kept traveling and stuff. And her and her sister was walking down the boardwalk up there in California. And here's all these thousands and thousands of people was out there walking. And my wife could probably tell the story better than I can, but she says, all of a sudden this lady just came out from nowhere, hollering, Sister Parker, Sister Parker, Sister Parker. You know, and she's looking like, yeah, from the back. What? What? Who's that? And the lady came up to her and says, Sister Parker, you are Sister Parker, aren't you? She said, yeah. How do you know? She says, I've seen your picture on a missions poster. Out of all those people in San Diego, this lady had only seen her picture on a missions poster. And she picked her out of the crowd. That's standing out in the crowd. And that's what God is saying. See, is you need to stand out in the crowd. You don't want to be a chameleon Christian. I'm going to preach this one day. <laughs> Amen. You don't want to be a chameleon Christian. You want, to, you want to be the real deal. Come on. 
Let your light shine. Amen. Praise God. Let's move on here. Amen. Number B, modesty. Modesty and demureness, respectability, equity, and restraint is a mode of dress and deportment, posture and behavior intended to avoid encouraging sexual attraction and others. In 1 Peter 3, 3-5, Peter says, Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of the platinum of the hair and the wearing of gold and putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corrupt, I said that, didn't I? Even the ornaments of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner, in the old times, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Amen. So how we dress and our appearance can affect how we are respected by others. Amen. Modesty deals with our behavior and our manners. You know, and I, I know I've told you about the book on civility that George Washington wrote and, and encourage you to get a copy of it, amen, and just go through it sometimes, amen. So it deals with our appearance intended to avoid indecent, amen, indecent acts. See, a lot of times we may not realize the things that we're wearing. As Christians, we've got to be smart. We got to be wise. You know, we have to make sure that we just don't run out and buy what everybody else is buying without studying it to find where it came from and what's behind it. You know, how many of you see kids walk around with, with, with shirts that say Sean John on them? Sean John. You ever seen them? Yeah, Sean John. It's going out now a little bit, but but there for a while it was the big thing, and a lot of Christian boys and girls was wearing them. And I used to ask them, "Who is he?" You know, they had no clue. He was one of the notorious rappers. You know, filthy mouth, foul language, all kinds of stuff. You know, and kids didn't have a clue, and parents didn't have a clue. Because parents was buying them for them. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying is you have to know what you're doing. Jesus says, the scripture says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. I know that deals with a whole lot of other things there, but you need to study this stuff before you just go out and buy it for your children. Buy it for yourself. You need to study before you get involved in all this stuff. You know, I guarantee you, I talk to a lot of people that's got tattoos, and they will tell you that most of them got it when they was either drunk or they were just falling the crowd and they did not have a clue what they were doing. And if they could change, they would have never done it. But because they was probably intoxicated or just following the crowd or thought it was the fad or something, they didn't realize it. You know, granted, I, I did a whole lot of things, and I and I and, and, you know, and I asked God sometimes, God, I just wish you had to put some brakes on me, you know, Amen, because I look back now and wish to myself, man, I wished I had never did that, you know, and so we got to be wise here. You know, in a lot of these things, you know, 
And sometimes parents try to please their kids by, by giving them stuff without studying it out. You know, you're going to have to wake up because once you do it and set them on the wrong course, as the old said, the way the twig is bent is the way the tree is going to grow. See, so, you know, when the kids get teenagers and they become rebellion, uh, get adults and they go crazy and all kinds of stuff, you need to be aware. You can just look back and say, did I put them on that course? So we have to be careful. So we don't want our manners and our appearance intend to avoid improprieties or indecency. We want to be free from vanity. You know, Solomon says, I had it all. So notice that if you read, that's why the book of Ecclesiastics is so key, one of the books for you as a Christian. Think about Solomon. He says, I had it all. I, I gave myself to everything. I did this. I got women. I got singers. I got all this stuff. And he said, and I realized it was all vanity and vexation of spirit. You know, we have to make sure that we're free from vanity and how we look is free from boastlessness, you know, and having regard to decent behavior in our speech and our dress. Amen. It's the quality of not being too proud. You know, modesty is you don't, you, 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 you're not trying to be boastful. I'm afraid that one of the things in today's world with a lot of our women now, and I'll get to the guys in just one second, is trying to be equal, amen, with men. Let me tell you, don't fall into that trap of the devil. God didn't make you that way. And I'm afraid that all these things you're hearing in the news now with women want to be in combat and women want to be in the infantry and the armor and the artillery, I'm here to tell you, I am an ex-infantryman. I am an ex-armorman. Your respect and your indecency is going out the window as a woman. You want to be one of the guys, they're going to treat you like one of the guys. They're filthy mouths. They're things they do. They're going to, once they start, that's one of the reasons in the workforce today, there's so much sexual harassment because women are trying to elevate themselves to be equal with men. And as a result, guys are saying, okay, you want to be equal with me? Then you play the same ball game I play. I'm going to be filthy. I'm a drink. I'm going to hit on you. I'm going to touch you, you know, and all these things. And a lot of women ain't ready for that, but they want to be equal. See? And this is what is happening. You can't stoop to that level. You can be successful in the workforce without stooping to that kind of level of immodesty and indecency. See? You know, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you know, it's, it, it will affect you. Amen. So we don't want to do that. You know, in a, in a lot of business women today are, are, are allowing pride to get into their hearts and in their minds to try to dress in a certain way and look a certain way that say, I'm an authority and I'm a business person. You watch how the, the media and everything try to present them. 
If you ever watch the news, most of the women are half nude and half dressed uh, on those TV shows. So what does that portray? Sexual innuendos, immodesty, you know, short dresses, short skirts, all these things is, is immodesty. And look at some of the men, you know, how they conduct themselves and how they look. Amen. The immodesty that is going on in every area. But as a child of God, as a Christian, and isn't it amazing that the majority of them say that they're Christians? But yet, they still do the same thing that the world does for success, for the dollar. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I mean 1 Timothy 6:10, he says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Notice, while some coveted after, they have pierced themselves through with what? Many sorrows. It will bring sorrow into your life. All because of trying to be equal for the dollar. Keeping up with the Joneses, they all say. You have to be careful. Paul says, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. He says, but I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your minds will be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ. Say, you've got to know your enemy. You've got to know his tricks. You've got to know what he's up against. Jesus told us in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes not but for the steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Amen. So don't be drawn into the enemy's traps. Amen. You must be modest in your dress and appearance. Amen. As you live your day-to-day -day life for Jesus Christ. Amen. As I said, if you act like one of the guys, they're going to treat you like one of the guys. Their language is going to disrespect you. If you look like them, you act like them, you watch. If you're around them, you watch. See, don't they start using filthy language and everything else. Amen. Amen. Their speech is not going to be kind towards you. You know? And their manners is not going to be nice and respectful towards you as a woman. You know? They belch like a frog, do all kinds of other filthy things. They're not, they're not going to respect you. If you act like them, you dress like them, and you look like them, they're going to treat you just like them. Amen. So don't try to get on their level. Let God elevate you to his level. He wants you to be in authority. He wants you because you're his child. You know, he wants you to be high and lifted up. You know, so that the world can see. But don't stoop to the world standard. Amen. You know, as Brother Stone King says, why stoop to the world standard when you can be a preacher? 
Amen. You could be a preacher for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we got to have modesty in our life. Amen. Oscar Wilde said, one should either be a work of art or wear a work of art. You should be a work of art or wear a work of art. What is he talking about? Huh? <laughs> what do you think about art? Hello, anybody home? <laughs> huh? He likes to look at. What else about art? Usually good art is what? Expensive, isn't it? It's usually beautiful. You're not just going to go out and buy an ugly picture. Right? You usually, when you buy art, you, look, you go for the real deal if you can afford it. Or something in that picture has got to pull you out. You go like, wow, I really like that picture. I want that picture. You know? And that's what I do when I buy art, amen, is, 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 is I look at it, and if it catches my eye, then I'm going to have it. You know, like my wife, I says, hmm. <laughs> well, you're just looking at Brother Terry. <laughs> that's what you did too, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So we should either be a work of art or a wearing a work of art. Amen. Something beautiful. Amen. You, 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 you just keep remember you're representing him and all that you do. Amen. Praise God is what he wants. Amen. You know, you know, going back a little bit, talking about you know, if you watch the world today, you know, I was talking earlier about tattoos a little bit and all that stuff, you know, but, you know, it, it is a is a fad that took off. Now, granted, I know a lot of people, you know, got it, again, like I said, when they was drunk or whatever, following the crowd, not realizing that someday that God would pull them out of the world, you know, and would save them. You know, you can, your body can be plastered with tattoos, you know, after God saved you. Now, the only people that may know you're a Christian are those inside of the church. Because once you walk out into the world, most of the people in the world is going to still associate you with them. Because you look like them. See? This is why we have to be careful in what we do. You know? Because now I have to convince people in the world when I go to witness to them that I am a true Christian. Kind of like Paul, after he got saved, they didn't believe it, did they? It took them a long time before they believed that Paul was a Christian, <laughs> that, that he had been changed. And so that's the thing, is we have to be careful so that we do not follow the traps of the world. This is one of the reasons 2 Corinthians 6, 17 through 18, the Lord tell us, you know, he says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, 
and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you into myself, and will be a father unto you, saith the Lord God Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let's cleanse ourselves of all what? Filthiness of the flesh and spirit, and what? Perfect holiness and the fear of God, showing that we are separated from the world and unto God. That's all holiness is, is separating from the world and being separated unto God. We want to be what God wants us to be. We want to reveal him. We want to show him, amen, to a lost and dying world. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Solomon in Proverbs chapter 7, we're going to talk about uh, the attire of a harlot here a little bit. And I'm going to read this to you. If you want to check it out later, I don't know. Did I put this on your paper or not? I don't know if I did or not. Amen. But 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 what I'm going to read, I don't know if I put it on your paper or not. I got about seven minutes. It's called the Guardian of Truth. It's called by, from the Guardian of Truth. I got this off the internet. It's called the Guardian of Truth ten dot three page sixty seven sixty eight February six nineteen eighty six. It's called the. It was written by. Guys from the Guardian of Truth. So I got it off the internet. It's not pastors. I, I just thought it was unique as I was studying and, and reading this. But Solomon says in Proverbs 7, 6 through 10, he says, For the at the window of my house, you got your Bibles? Proverbs 7, 6. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones, and I discerned among the youth a man void of understanding, passing through the streets near her corner, and he went the way of her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle in heart. You will be surprised how many scriptures in the Bible cause our attention to focus about the harlot. I mean, it's plastered throughout the scriptures. So God wants our attention when we see things. You know, the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So God is trying to wake us up here. And let me read what the, these guys said on the internet. Amen. In the scene described above, a foolish young man seeking sexual experimentation goes to a worldly, wise, and sophisticated woman whose character is known by the manner in which she dresses. This is a loudmouthed woman who despises to be in subjection to her husband. She is too busy to give adequate care to her home and children because she is occupied with running around town trying to appear seductive. She has a face hardened by sin and can no longer blush. She pretends to be religious and is very concerned with her physical appearance and with the things which create sexual interests. She persuades her victim using flattery or to enumerate him. This young man is described by the writer of Proverbs as a fool who goes blindly and willingly to his own destruction. 
not knowing just how great a price he must pay for his indiscretions. To me, one of the striking characteristics of this seductive and immoral woman has always been the phrase dressed as a harlot or with the attire of the harlot. The first one was the New Standard Bible and the second was the King James Version. The description of this woman make it clear that she was a harlot. What is a harlot? The Hebrew word here translated is zanane, which means to commit fornication, go a whoring. Therefore, the word harlot here describes a person who is willing to engage in sexual love with someone to whom she is not married. If one is available for persons purposes of sexual immorality, how does one advertise this fact? One way clearly is to dress with the attire or dress as a harlot. What is the attire of a harlot? Proverbs 7 does not give a description of the attire of a harlot or anyone else's attire for that matter. So then what is the attire of a harlot? Quite clearly, the attire of a harlot is any manner of dressing which communicate the message of sexual interest and abandon so that there is the underlying implication of sexual availability, the freedom from shame and, and moral of spiritual restraints. If one wishes to know what is the attire of a harlot, he needs only study the dress styles of those who boast of, of having no morals. If he or she wishes to communicate the same message, he will then imitate those dress styles. On the other hand, one who wishes to communicate the message of chastity and moral restraints will studiously avoid dressing in a manner which raises doubt about moral character. There are many ways to wear the attire of a harlot. Women may wear the attire of a harlot by either overdressing or underdressing. Dressing in a garish manner, wearing too much makeup, wearing silky gowns and so on may be as much the attire of a harlot as underdressing is the skimpy shorts, modern swimsuits, mini skirts, designer hose, cheerleaders, and medjurades costumes, and the omitting of foundation of undergarments. All characteristics of those who wish to send the signal, I am available. The woman or girl who dresses in such a manner is saying, look at me, I'm sexy. Every such woman is either telling the truth or lying by her manner of dress. If she's telling the truth, she is guilty of the sin of lasciviousness and fornication. If she is lying by her manner of dress and she really isn't that kind of a person, she is guilty of the sins of lasciviousness and lying. There is just no Christian way to wear the entire of a harlot. I personally believe that any woman who will wear the attire of a harlot will commit fornication. She may not commit it with just anyone who comes along, but she will commit if Mr. Wright comes along. If she does not have enough Christianity to dress like a Christian, that she will not have enough Christianity to act like a Christian in the face of sufficient temptation. If not, why not? And what about men? Can they and do they not also wear the attire of a harlot? Yes, they can and they do. 
It is becoming more characteristic for men to communicate their lack of morals through various stages of undress and various manners of dress. The more abbreviated male swimwear is coming into vogue, which is designed to emphasize the male uh, genitals, purpose, net shirts, and becoming more popular in the summertime. Shirts are worn unbuttoned to reveal their chest hair. Trousers are worn slugged low. In some countries, the fly is left unbuttoned or unzipped, apparently to communicate availability. Male homosexuals sometimes wear a ring in one ear to advertise themselves. and some communities, the wearing of a turtleneck shirt is taken to indicate male homosexuality. Men are more commonly running around the yard and even going to the store in various abbreviated shorts. All of these things shout one message loud and clear. They are the signal of the decay of the moral of a nation. We are becoming a nation of fornicators, and we advertise that celebrities seeks a public forum to boast of it. And slowly citizens seek opportunities to imitate the lifestyle of the rich and famous. The whole question of what is the entire of a harlot can be summed up with the following, with the following, excuse me. Years ago when Mary Quaint, fashion designer, and others had succeeded in introducing the miniskirt into mainstream use, Mrs. Quaint was asked the question, what is the point of the miniskirt? She answered very simply, sex. No thoughtful Christian who wants to do right will be guilty of wearing the attire of a harlot because to do so is to be guilty of lasciviousness, which is the works of the flesh found in Galatians 5, 19, 21. The penalty for the lasciviousness is that those guilty cannot inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, those guilty will spend eternity in a devil's hell. And that came from the internet, from the guardian of truth, XXX, colon three, comma, page 66 to 68, February 6, 1986. Amen. So we can see here that Solomon is trying through his writing to give us a wake-up call on modesty. Amen. So again, I say to us tonight, amen, let's not... Stick our head in the sand like an ostrich and not study to make sure that we are not presenting Christ the way that he should be presented. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him which has called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. You are very distinct. Amen. And this is what God desires in each of us in our dress and appearance. So as Christian soldiers, it all comes down to part of self-discipline. We must discipline ourselves. We must not, as we've already studied last month, conform to the world. But we must be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might approve what is that good and it perfect and acceptable will of God. Amen. So let me encourage you as you study God's word and as you study his lessons and, and, and go through the scriptures, 
when God sparked you or God touches your heart with something through the word of God, don't avoid it. But take heed to what he's trying to show you because God wants us to be Christian soldiers in action, living and being well disciplined for him. Amen? Praise God. So, amen. So let's continue to, to look through these, amen, and, and see what God will show us in the days of head, about what he desires in each and every one of us. Amen?